Welcome to another episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast. What's up, buddy? Man, we got another good one today. Another RT. Day, another pod. Teed one up for us. I, I really just do what I can for the company. <laughs> just <laughs> so, for the old company man. That's right. Loyal through and through that's over right. there. Did it for the seal. Did it we for got the a good one today, though. Yeah. I, I, I've admired Gary Stanton from a distance for a while. Yeah. I think it's super cool what those guys have accomplished if you don't know, Gary Stanton is one of the two members of Muscadine Bloodline, and they're an independent artist. <clears throat> Excuse me. Pardon me. <laughs> Jalapeno cheddar has yeah. got you down yeah, bad. We are, for, for those listening back home, we are enjoying some Uncle Ray's Bottomland Mossy Oak branded chips. They're actually delicious, but... I just got hung up on some sweet and spicy barbecue. <laughs> that spice will get you. <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, from a distance, I have not. I don't know Gary very mm-hmm. well personally, but from a distance, I have really admired what they have accomplished in the music world. I mean, it's got to be a difficult on space to make a listen a living in, right? And that's it. That's what he's going to talk about in yeah. this episode is what it means to be an independent mm-hmm. artist. And yeah. And it's really cool, the parallels between even what we're doing and what they're doing. It's Very pretty cool. neat. It's yeah. pretty neat. Yeah. So I think everybody will enjoy this. And um, He's an adult onset turkey hunter like I am. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you should, talk a little turkeys, talk a little Nashville. It's a little Spotify. Mm-hmm. Download some Muscadine yeah. Bloodline. Yeah. I feel like Spotify <laughs> owes us a little bit of money. So, like point oh oh six cents. Apparently, <laughs> anything helps. Hey, it's been so. That's right. All right. Well, without further ado, we'll get to it. Get up. Welcome, folks. Y'all, come on in and make yourself at home. This here, well, this is the Rolling Thunder podcast. Your home for all things Rolling Thunder. This episode of the Rolling Thunder podcast is presented by Mossy Oak Camouflage because everything is better in Bottomland and Lucky Duck Premium Decoys, Masters of Deception. You know, this is only my third podcast. <laughs> Welcome long to the podcast, RT. First time caller, long time listener. Gosh, I, you know. Third time What caller. do you think about the Bulldogs this weekend? I, like, what, <laughs> like, podcasts just remind me of, like, the radio call-in guys. Why do we have to make fun of the Bulldogs? Why can't we make fun of the Rebels? We can make fun of the Rebs. We can Hard make to make fun of, fun of national champions. F- fall is They here. don't have baseball call-in shows, Rob. <laughs> yeah, Golly. Right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Who's Matt Corral's replacement? Do we know yet? Dart, Jackson Dart, quarterback mm. out of USC, transferred. Hey, let it be known, I am pulling for the Rebs this fall. Like overall? Yeah, just I'm pulling for the Rebs. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. The center, I'm still the be center is, the balls, is one of my new, my new buds, Caleb Warren. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Big, yeah. Big Caleb. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I pounded him pretty hard when he was here for the golf scramble, you know, and <laughs> yeah. mocked, mocked Ole Miss and made all the but nasty comments yeah. I could come up with. And he's a pretty nice kid. I he guess is. I, uh, I guess I don't have any bad things to say either. He helped us put everything back in the trade show, like Ark of the Covenant. So he was picking up those big wooden pieces with one hand. In where? When we, when we shot um, some stuff in the, in the warehouse. Really? Mm-hmm. 
he just showed up one day and we didn't he didn't know we needed his help but we did he came to the warehouse yeah i'm not anti-rebs they're in the west what is in your coffee that causes we need to call this yeah uh, it's 11 it's not what's in the coffee it's what's in the styrofoam and what you should notice from this is that styrofoam is only intended to be used once or twice you use the same cup about 10 times it, just it starts to through. leak it's yep. in your body now i'm not worried about that you've got a styrofoam in your body no all right i'm facetime audioing him Hello. Hey. Hey, what's going on? Can y'all hear me all right? Yeah, I think we're yeah. live. What's up, Gary? <laughs> what's going on, boys? How are y'all? Oh, you know, just another Monday. I where, got you, man. Wh- where are you in the world right now? Right now, I'm in Waveland, uh, Mississippi. Uh, uh, we were off this weekend, and uh, Charlie had a wedding he had to be in in Wisconsin, so I was like, well, Let's go down and fish for a little bit and hang with the family. So that's what we're down here doing. Uh, did a little fishing, a little wade fishing last night, and then got out there today and got on some specs. So good morning. Are y'all fishing on the coast, or are y'all freshwater fishing? What are y'all? Where are y'all fishing? Yeah, uh, we're fishing off. Of, I ain't gonna tell you the spot, but we're <laughs> we're off of. Uh, we're we're off the coast of Mississippi, but we were doing oh, saltwater fishing, some yeah. inshore stuff. I got you. We were. Uh, doing a little speck and red fishing so there you go that's uh, what i that's what i meant I, I was not trying to evoke the old uh, where'd you catch them in the mouth you know I was, <laughs> no. I was trying, no you're good i was just trying no, to quantify species i'm not gonna that's tell right. you well, where we and that's what that's all we wanted to know hey i love it but uh yeah we know we were uh getting off the specks and we got off few red yesterday or whatever so it was good but my uh my wife's family they got a little place down here or whatever it's just a little 800 square foot, you know, a little, you know, cottage kind of thing right off the coast. So we put in this morning, and uh, Jared, my brother-in-law, he had to be back a little earlier. So we only went for a few hours. We called about 15, a keeper spec. It was a good morning. Awesome. Heck, yeah. Well, for those of you listening, we have Gary Stanton of Muscadine Bloodline on the podcast this morning, and Gary's calling in uh, over FaceTime audio, and we've got RT and Rob and and I are here at – uh, the barn studio B. Um, Leroy's trying to eat the mic off. Le- of. Leroy is <laughs> yeah. trying to eat the mic. We, we, our other guest, Gary's, you know, our kind of big name guest. We have another guest on the podcast. Say hello, Gary. One of the one of the occupational hazards about working in a waterfowl and turkey company is everybody here thinks they needs a dog. So we're in Studio That's B, fair. and there's currently three dogs and two species covered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Leroy, Leroy's loud, but um, well, man, how was your turkey season? Man, it was good. I, I we, uh, I selfishly like to get as much time blocked off in the spring. Uh, we didn't tour. Uh, we actually took a break from touring for about five months, and we'd never really done that before. And it just so happened to just fall during turkey season, and so. Uh, just so uh, but yeah, I, I got yeah, I know, right? And so, uh, but no, I got I got after man. I had a good one. Uh, I'm one of those idiots trying to kill one in every state. I guess I feel like everyone's doing that now. But uh, I was going to uh, ask you if you had a goal in mind. I mean, so you're 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 hard after the 49. You know what's funny, uh, Spence? I I had this knack of just like, hey, like I, I honestly I haven't been turkey hunting that long. Like I. I, I grew up in Mobile, Alabama, and, you know, I had buddies who went, but fishing's came down here when it comes spring, 
And uh, so none of my buddies growing up went. My dad wasn't a turkey hunter, so I didn't really, you know, I went a couple times a year pretty much. That was it. You know, I killed a couple turkeys before 2020 of my life, and then once we got pulled off the road, something switched hit. And so now I've been doing it, and from 2020, I was like, you know what, let's go try to, like, just do the Super Slam. You know, that would be cool. You know, just get into the sport. You know, no – no kind of like easing into anything for me. It's pretty much just like, Perfect. oh, hey, we're doing this now. Okay, well, let's try the hardest thing you could possibly do. It's kind of a job. <laughs> I mean, awesome. uh, it's not a, good, that, not a good trait my wife likes, but, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. I don't know why I'm wired like that, but, yeah, so I've been getting after them. You know, got a little, you know, got a camper shell on the truck and just been hitting different places, you know, doing all the, the groundwork and all the, you know, internet scouting and you know the he said she said you know you get to you know grab along the way uh so but yeah it was good man i uh i got to knock off uh seven new states and uh i i went to uh, i went to nine and uh but it was it was awesome and i had a had a really good time doing it got to hunt with some buddies uh and a lot I, i hunted this year i hunted mostly by myself for the most part which is kind of nice to kind of refine the I'm still, like I said, I'm pretty, I'm pretty new to the sport, you know, you know, last four years. And it just kind of like, I don't know, last year was kind of, and the year before was like, man, I really need to kind of like, you know, I want to learn the ropes. And it's like, I like going with people and stuff, but it's like, I want to be able to do what these people like, uh, say a hunter farrier, you know, was for me in the beginning. And now I'm getting to take guys like Charlie and, you know, putting them on their first turkeys and that sort of thing. It's kind of like, uh, it's a cool kind of turn of events and but uh yeah man i had a great season and got to hunt a lot a lot i'm i'm very fortunate to get a lot of time i have a very understanding wife when it comes springtime and uh it's just uh yeah i'm absolutely ate up with it so <laughs> yeah, good i'm deal. waiting i'm waiting i'm waiting for next year already that's, that's awesome it. is she going to have to be real understanding in the fall too or is or is you, turkeys and fishing like is your is it your springtime that you're ate up with stuff or are you hunt other stuff in the fall as well i'll tell you this I, the only thing i travel for is turkey I gotcha. and uh I, i'll hunt around the house and 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 do that I, I, I like i enjoy deer hunting uh i honestly enjoy figuring them out more than i like killing them it's kind of one of those things where it's like I, I got a lease up in North Tennessee. Uh, I live up in, I live in a natural area, but I live about 45 minutes north in a town called White House. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've been out there, and I got a lease co- close to the Kentucky line. And I don't know, I, I honestly took more people. I think I took a, a bow in the stand. I killed a doe opening weekend. And then after that, I was like, man, this is a lot of work. I forget, I always forget that every year, <laughs> how much work it is dragging one of these things out. And, so I, I took some buddies, and Charlie got to kill his first, you know, deer with a bow this year. Uh, a really nice, nice, you know, 130-inch deer for your first deer, you know, with yeah. a bow. I was like, come on, man. But, uh, no, nah, for me, it's kind of like if I'm home, I'm going to be fishing, as in, like, if I'm back down where I grew up area, uh, I'm going to be fishing in, in the springtime. So I do all my honeydews in the spring, summer, and it's ten month, ten, nine, ten months of just, like, whatever my wife wants going on and – the parameters of my tour schedule it's kind of like that's what i do but you know turkey season she gives me a little leeway i love it so i want to i got a a bunch of hunting questions i want to ask you but i want to ask you some questions you're probably tired of answering about your music career if i can um hey absolutely bro what's the story behind muscadine bloodline and how'd you meet charlie like give us the give us the full version 
Okay. Uh, so, like I said, I'm from Mobile, Alabama, and uh, Charlie, the guy I play with, is is from Mobile as well. And uh, it's funny, our parents, they live not two miles from each other, Spence, and uh, we never met in the 18 years we were living there. We like, all the same never age? Back, same age, had ungodly amount of mutual friends, <laughs> but probably at the same parties we shouldn't have been at in high school and it was like but for some reason we never crossed paths and we kind of knew of each other and that was basically it and he went off to Auburn and I went to Southern Miss and we were just kind of the guys uh I guess to date myself high school was like the first time like Facebook had like oh you can put videos up so I just started putting up covers of you know playing songs on Facebook and Charlie was doing the same thing and a bunch of people kept telling us, like, man, y'all ought to get up with each other and at least do a show or play or something like that. And I don't know if we were both just, like, too prideful to be like, no, nah, I ain't going to hit him up or whatever. And uh, But anyways, I went to Southern Miss, started my own little cover band down there, played, you know, all kind of frat gigs, you know, Baton Rouge, Starkville, and, you know, and Southern Hattiesburg. And then Charlie was kind of doing the same thing and, you know, gallivanting around Alabama and Georgia playing that kind of thing. And, Somewhere along the line, uh, we just kind of, like, eventually got up and we started writing a lot together and played a show together just, like, at, at this place called Sky Bar in Auburn. And uh, I've heard we just about knew it. all this. Yeah, it's a, it's a place for sure. Uh, but uh, we uh, started playing, you know, knew all the same songs and were, like, singing harmonies together really well. And enough people start telling you, hey, y'all are pretty good at this. You kind of start believing them and, I, I knew always that I wanted to do some something in the music business, whether it was management, songwriting. I, I don't know. I just I just always been enamored with it, and always that was since I can remember that was like going to be what I was going to do. And uh, then I always knew after I graduated from college, I was going to move to Nashville, and I saved up enough money for about a year. I was like, all right, I got a year where I can. I could do this and I could say I tried and then if it don't work out, I can always go work on air conditioners with my dad or, you know, just whatever. And, uh, Charlie was doing the same thing in Auburn and I told him, I was like, I'm going to move up to Nashville. I think you should come too. And he came a couple, you know, months behind me and we, we shared the same bedroom. We had an air mattress in, in on the floor and I had my bed and we were just grinding it, you know, playing every hole in the wall, you know, up and down 65 of Alabama and just kind of just doing it and went in the studio and, you know, recorded a few songs. And one of those songs happened to be our biggest song uh, called Four Swing Angel. And we were just kind of like, well, I guess this is something we're doing more than we're doing now. And we didn't even have a band name, you know, before we even went in the studio. And so it just kind of, it's just like this almost like happy accident and here we are seven years later you know still doing it still love working with each other and it's a fun job man i mean it's probably just like you know we're both in passion driven industries right you know it's there's a lot of legwork that people don't see they you know for us they see oh man it must be nice just traveling around in a tour bus you know playing shows and that and the same with you must be nice you know turkey hunting and duck hunting all the time it's like man if you only knew the half of the legwork that goes into all this stuff it's uh it's crazy, but yeah, that's kind of like the, the kind of like, I guess, short form stories, just like didn't know each other, same town, then ended up getting together and we were like, hey, let's do this thing. And it just kind of worked and that's here wild. we are. And, you know, 
it, seven years later. So it's, <laughs> it's been a blessing for sure. Yeah. Wow. Well, so, I mean, how does a musician, I mean, make a living? I get kind of asked questions like this being a photographer, but like you sell tickets or y'all doing stuff on Spotify songs, you writing for people. I mean, kind of talk to us about what you, I want to know that. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, man. It is a very, like, it's so funny. This, this business of all businesses, it's kind of like, there's no middle ground, right? It's like, you're either, you're either Kenny Chesney playing, you know, amphitheaters or arenas. Or you're just some local guy playing some restaurant gig. There's no like in between in the mindsets of like the consumer. Sure. So it's 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 one of these weird things where it's like, no, nah, it's just a you you build infrastructure like anything else. And how we really make money is you know obviously touring and that kind of thing. And it's all kind of like, I mean, I imagine there's a lot of parallels to what we're doing. It's kind of like white collar problems, what you like to call them. It's like, oh, we're growing here, so now I don't have time to you know, do this, this, and this, because it's taken away from the growth of the project. Let's let's hire somebody else who could do this, that kind of thing. And so there's a lot of just, like, gradual growth. And, you know, you start a band, and it's like, man, we need to, you know, we're spending too much time cold calling all these places all over the country to see if they can, you know, let us play for, you know, free beer and pizza. And it's like, <laughs> hey, let's get, a, let's get a booking agent. And so you get a booking agent, and then that starts going on. It's like, well, we, you know, probably need some shirts to sell at these shows. So you start printing your own merch and then you start printing merch out and you're doing that yourself and going to, you know, mail t-shirts, you know, two days, three days a week. And merch it's like, is a great way to, pro- merch is a great way to go completely and totally broke, by the way. Oh, 100%. Dude, I have, I have yet to seen a single dollar going to my bank account from, uh, from a shirt with Muscadine Bloodline on it. But, uh, so I know you're paying, but yeah, it's just kind of like this gradual growth. And the good thing about us is kind of like we're, we're an independent band. So like we don't have a label or anything like that. We, we own everything. And so it's kind of one of those things now it's, it used to kind of be like, well, these are just, this is the hand we were dealt. Let's just pretend like no one's ever going to help us. How would we make this business work? And so basically that's what our kind of blueprint was. It's like, okay, I guess we're going to have to tweak the floors and do all the stuff that you know is unsexy about this business to like you know to keep it afloat and then it kind of just gradually grows and you look over seven years and you're like man we've really built a nice business infrastructure we own everything you know we don't need capital anymore so it's like why don't we just do this on our own and so that's kind of uh you know the kind of our way and so that being said you know making money off of you know, Spotify or listed, you know, iTunes, whatever it is, there's not much money in that anymore. But if you own it, there's, there's quite a bit of it. And so it's, it's pretty nice to do that. And that's kind of what, you know, funds, you know, the other side of our business is like, you know, going out touring, you know, paying the payroll for our employees and, and that sort of thing. So it's a, it's a, I'm learning something new every day. And it's always just like Murphy's law. I feel like to me, it's like that kind of approach life. It's like, Musket on Bloodline, especially, it's like if something will go wrong, or if something can go wrong, it will. <laughs> and then it's just like, hey man, if, if that's the expectation, you're never let down. That's and right. So that's just kind of like how we've just kind of like rolled with the punches. And but yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, you can make revenue here and, and and that kind of thing, especially in the world we live in now with social media. I mean, you can make money off YouTube, monetizing YouTube channels, and and all these different kind of assets and the cool thing about it is it's like, it's always there. Like as long as people are going to listen to the music, it's just like, 
it's money that you've already done the work for and everything. And now it's just like, you're going to kind of just get it back or whatever. As long as people like the music, they're going to keep coming back. So are y'all, are y'all doing the only fans thing yet? No, no OnlyFans, man. Yeah, you like, said capital wasn't a problem. Just, so, just yeah, dude. I don't. Yeah, dude. No, no OnlyFans quite yet. I don't think. I don't think I'm. I'm. I'm a little guy. That I'd be maybe good for some fetishes or something like that. <laughs> oh that, that. That's pretty much it. But uh, yeah, we we haven't really. Uh, I we don't know the OnlyFans. Yeah, I don't know Charlie at all. Uh, but Muncaster and like toe pictures just doesn't seem like that would go together Mm-mm. very well <laughs> yeah i feel like he's you know anything he's got a nickname that could be bad in a lot of ways and i mean i will let the listeners just you know have their fun with that one but yeah but it's oh. uh it's it's fun man we're it's just like i mean literally it's just charlie's my best friend and it, it's it's we've got to do a lot of cool stuff together and it's it's a it's a weird thing because like i know a lot of times you get in business with a friend uh you know, that can be gate, very that, hard. Yeah, it can be very tough. And the thing that was different about us is like Charlie and I both like mutually had things that we thought we brought to the table that we could help each other with. Mm-hmm. And so, honestly, from the get go, it was more of a business thing than a friendship. And then we became brothers, kind of like through this whole thing. So it was it's it's been a really cool kind of dynamic of how that is. And you know, it, it's good marriage uh, preparation too. I'll tell you what, you know, putting your putting your life in someone else's hands and someone, you know, theirs and yours. It's kind of like a lot of, a lot of jewels you can get and putting it, put into practice or whatever, so to speak, if you know, before marriage, because I, I feel like I've been married to Charlie for, you know, the last seven years, you know, bumming around the country with him. Y'all keep so, living uh, together. You might have a common law marriage. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Well, we got, well, fortunately we don't live together anymore. That's yeah, we would have probably killed each other by then for sure. But uh, there was a time where we lived together, we're on the road together. We were just always together, and it was just like, I mean, there obviously we've had some ups and downs, but uh, we mm-hmm. we've definitely gotten through those for sure. So I got a Spotify question. This is really mm-hmm. really detail oriented, but I've always wanted to know this. And as a okay. as a uh, as a disclaimer, um, I'm not trying to do the math on like. I heard a I heard a big cattle rancher say one time, you know, like son, you just don't ask a man how many cows he's got. <laughs> so yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm not. Hey, trying. I'm an open book, man. Like if, if there's something you want to know, like I'll send you my business well, manager stuff. I'll send you the route accounts. What I what I'm wondering is like, so if I pay Spotify a fee every month, right? They're just direct to debit in my checking account for sure. whatever nine ninety nine. If I'm listening to Muscadine Bloodline. Are you getting paid every time that I listen to it, or or do you have an agreement with them? Like, how does that work? So it's all there's there's royalty rates. So we'll 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 dive a little deeper into this, and I, I don't want to take up you know I could take up a long time <laughs> for this, so I'll try to keep it you know brief. But uh, there's thing called royalty rates, and that's like I don't know who's made them, but like for some reason Spotify has deemed this is what you know this is the royalties that we make, and it's like. You you go play a song of ours, Spence, and it's like maybe point zero zero six nine cents or whatever. Wow. But to make but to make it easier, I'll say this: it's like um, just for easier math for everybody. I'd say about a million streams on Spotify runs about probably about in between four to five grand. That's what wow. that probably. That's wow. right. So it's like it's a so, lot of spins to get up there or whatever. So it's it's really tough, but uh. 
So that's kind of how it is. And there's also, if you're ever curious about this kind of stuff and you want to see, uh, hey, what I wonder what this song by Morgan Wallen is made. Pick as big. It, there's, uh, it's, God, I can't remember. There's a database, but it's like, it's a, it, it's a uh, I guess, royalty rate calculator. So you could plug in the streams on Spotify ads, and then it has like a Spotify drop-down menu. And it can let you know what a, that amount of streams money has made. Wow. So it's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting thing, but I think it's called like royalty rate calculator. I think I can't, I don't know. I can't remember what it is, but so it's an interesting thing, but, but, uh, so, and then how like writers get paid is, uh, there's a, and who all controls this is, uh, are these things called PROs. They're called public rights organizations. So if you're in a restaurant, if you're in Burger King and the radio's playing, Burger King is paying a licensing fee to, mm-hmm. to play the radio. Yeah, they can't just roll certain... Pandora in there. They have 100%. To like, yeah. They, yeah, like that's when they come in and they say, hey, like either you cease and desist or you're going to owe us X amount or whatever. Or, you know, it's and it's all these weird things about like square footage of the building, how much it is. It's all, all these weird things. And it's, it's kind of weird to understand how someone calculates it all because I really don't understand. Like, you know, we, we throw our – all the songs we write and all this, everything we have in a database and we get a check from our PRO and there's different ones. One's called CSAC, one's called BMI, one's called ASCAP. And they're the ones collecting all the royalties from all these different revenue streams, essentially. So, uh, then you have your songwriters. So if it's song, you buy it on iTunes and it's 99 cents for the song, just for easy math, we'll say a dollar mechanical royalty rate, which is what, the songwriters make is 9.1 cents to the dollar. So just know if me, Spence, and RT wrote a Muscadine Bloodline song, uh, and I don't know how good it'd be because I don't know what y'all's songwriting chops it'd be, are right it'd now. Be incre- but, it'd be incredible. I mean. Yeah. I, <laughs> it'd, probably be, it'd probably be all right. But uh, so you take that, and it doesn't matter how many people wrote the song, we're splitting that 9.1 cents. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, that's, and that's how it's made. And, and then we have publishers. There's all kind of different ways like publishers are who the songwriters write for they i've been in a publishing deal where they give you a draw monthly and then they take you know 50 percent of your publishing you know after they've recouped your draw so if i write a song for luke combs and i've been getting a five thousand dollar salary a month for you know two years and then he i, I write a number one well they're gonna make what i've made back or whatever and then after they've mm-hmm. made even, then we split it 50 50. So it's essentially like the the worst bank loan with like the worst interest rate ever. Right. But it does keep it, you know, but when you need money and it's in the music, it's kind of like one keeps of those things. Float. And that's what that's it's right. Got to yeah, do what you got to do. Essentially, what, what record labels are too. They're just very bad bank loans with horrible interest rates with connections in the industry. Right. So if the, giving up 70% of your you know, record is if it's worth getting on, you know, big tours or, you know, getting on NTV or, you know, TRL or whatever the heck people, you know, watch stuff on, whatever that is, or getting on Jimmy Kimmel or whatever, like that's the kind of options you weigh. And so we've kind of just realized that's like, man, I'm, I'm not really concerned about the accolades. Like I, you know, I, I can pay for a roof over my head and, and we're enjoying what we do and, and building a business and, you know, hopefully, going to be able to retire playing music, which is really cool. Yeah. And uh, so it's it's one of those things where it's kind of like the more you know, it's kind of like and the more you kind of hold on to all that, you know, 
your piece of the pie and you held on to the whole thing, it's kind of, it'd be tough for me to let it go. Like last week we, I'm, this is not like a humble brag thing, but like we put out a new song and it was the number one song in the world for, wow. you know, that's on, so awesome. I saw that. That is and, so and, cool. And you on me? Like me on you? Like, yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, uh, it's, it's just this crazy thing. It's like the power of the internet. I hate social media, but it like as an independent band, like, we would not be a thing if it wasn't for the power of social media. So it's like, a, it's a blessing and a curse. Y'all probably can, you know, yeah, you know, we're in the exact same boat for well. sure. For sure. It, it's, it's a weird cog to be in, but it's kind of like, it's a blessing when it works out. And so it's just kind of one of those things. And it's like, you know, I've had, uh, we've had a bunch of different calls with a bunch of A&R agents from different labels and, and stuff like interested in, you know, talking and it's like, golly, we're like, where have y'all been the last seven years? Yeah. You know, when yeah. in the grind, and it's like, and it's like, you just hit us up and it's like, and then you send me over this deal that's horrible. And it's like, because they don't, because they feast on, you know, these young kids never had anything. They, mm-hmm. you know, jump on the first thing they get and it, and it can screw them for a long time if they mm-hmm. don't really know what they're doing. And that's what it is essentially. And I'm not one of those guys who's like, you know, it's not middle fingers to the man or anything like that. It's just the, kind of the it's got to make sense it's what you're saying from a business standpoint no right in the flip side of no one you know helping you out in the seven years and you actually build something that's worth something and it's like now i kind of just kind of want to hold on to it because i think there's magic in you know just being happy and kind of like i'm just not we're not chasing being the biggest thing or the accolades like we just want to have fun and and make music and and enjoy you know are there are there the ride and that yeah. Are there label, I mean, are there venues or avenues, maybe radio or something like that, that are kind of in a union of sorts with those labels? Like like if, if you stay independent, does that restrict you kind of, not in a contractual way, but are there... You know what I'm asking? Are there are there avenues that are like they're like, nope, we only play 100%. labeled music. You know what I mean? Like a like yeah. associations so, or something. So most radio stations are are what are called iHeart radio stations. So like iHeart radio like where you get the Bobby Bones show. You, we all know what iHeart is mm-hmm. radio, and so it's like they're the ones that kind of run all the labels. So everything kind of funnels down their playlisting and everything funnels down top to bottom into their radio stations, but. As we all know, with Spotify and the internet and that's like the traditional ways of how to find stuff are kind of dying. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, we not many people have cable anymore. It's all going to, you know, a hey, stream on Netflix or whatever your, you know, Hulu or whatever it is. It's kind of like there's these alternative routes now that are coming up that are more, you know, hey, user, you can go and find this instead of, hey, let's just force feed this to you, you know. Mm-hmm. If there was no such thing as independent, you know, country music 15 years ago. You know, there was there was no infrastructure for it because there was nothing except, I guess, and, until the MySpace days came around. It was kind of like there was nothing else to get your name out there. It was all word of mouth. So uh, that's where it was big then. But now it's kind of like, man, if you got a cell phone, you can make a business in entertainment now. Mm-hmm. You just gotta, you just gotta fill a void that you know people are bring a product that people didn't realize they were missing or didn't know they needed. Mm-hmm. It is crazy how it's changed. I was, we went to the coast a couple of weeks ago fishing and I was telling RT and whoever else was in the truck that I discovered like, so I'm 40. Okay. And, and yeah. I'm, I'm on Spotify 
and I, I've got, I've actually built a new playlist over the weekend, kind of for you know a different mood. Even Lindy liked my playlist, but I discovered one What's of the, the coolest things. Playlist, feeling good, feeling good. Y'all will get to hear it when we go to all Canada. Right, right. I mean, it's kind of the, some feel good music, like you know, it, like, like, like it. it doesn't need to all be bluesy, you know, beer, sitting around a fire, beer drinking music. That's right. 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 Okay, so I'm, I'm belaboring the point to say that I discovered that Spotify has this thing that's like. It makes you a playlist based off the stuff that you like, suggested playlist or something mm-hmm. like that. Had oh, no your idea. mixes. Yeah, had no idea that this existed. But I, I guess my point is that I don't remember the last time I turned on the radio. I right. mean, it was yeah. my car. Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm either right. just streaming off my phone mm-hmm. or listening to a podcast or something. You know what I mean? It's just never. No, it's, just, it's true. I'm the same way, Spence. Like, I can't tell you the last time I've tuned on you know, to radio. Only time I do is like, if I'm driving somewhere in a state that has absolutely no, no service, cell service. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, better than Start better, searching. You, you driving through, you know, East Montana or somewhere in Idaho and you're up in some mountains, you got nothing. That radio could be your best friend sometimes. No doubt. But, uh, but that's about it. It's, it's, it's weird. It's just times are changing and it's kind of like the industry and the music industry is kind of holding on to this, you know, and they're adapting in some ways, but it's like, kind of holding on to this traditional this is the way it was and this is how it has to be and the reality is is like it doesn't it's just like a lot you just got to be able to be the ones that want to break through that glass ceiling because like for charlie and i now it's kind of more of a principal thing more than anything like i would be thrilled if some duo comes along in 10 years and follows our blueprint and smokes wherever we go (laughs) just to just to be able to be like Hey, I just followed this blueprint. What Muscadine Bloodline did was cool. It was cool for the culture, and it was cool for like essentially small business music. Mm-hmm. That's basically what all this is. It's it's boutique versus corporate America. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's the same thing, you know. Whether it's a uh, you know a call, uh, you know, a homegrown calling company, or this other one that goes public. You know what I'm saying? It's it's the it's those kind of different things that you know change, and they both have their benefits and their letdowns. Obviously, mm-hmm. like there's. It's it's kind of like whichever you know, mm-hmm. pick your poison. Really, like they're all they're all gonna come with hardships, but it's just different That's ones right. or whatever. And if you had the stomach to deal with some of these, or you don't, it's kind of like, or you can go this opposite way. Not one is one is not the other. I can't say that like Morgan Wallen probably doesn't regret having. Well, he's probably got some regrets, but he doesn't have uh, <laughs> any regret about like what he's like. You know what he's doing like music wise. I mean, selling yeah. out. You know arenas and that sort of thing and it's like you know musk and i bloodline you know in our model we probably never do that that's okay though it's not like that's not the success and that's kind of you know the ultimate thing i feel like is for musicians it's like they get force fed it's like well do you want to be garth brooks and the reality is it's like man that's slim chance that everyone in here who's signing deals are going to be that it's like that's like i would be totally cool with you know you know look at guys like Cody Jinks, Whiskey Myers, you know, mm-hmm. the Turnpike Troubadours, like these guys that are killing it. And it's like, man, they're doing it independently. You know, yeah, they may never sell out Madison Square Garden, but it's like, and they, or they might, you never know. It's just kind of like, but they have awesome, you know, awesome tour stream. They, they, they make good money and they're probably enjoying, you know, being at the helm of their business. Mm-hmm. That's no. amazing. 
<laughs> Sorry, I, my yeah. mind is like going a Well, it also seems that if you're like <clears throat> the fact that even if y'all ended up signing with somebody, your years of being your own business, like running your own business makes you a whole lot more savvy to get into changes, any sort of those deals. And changes their perspective well, yeah, now, on the deal. hundred percent. Well, it's like now it's like when you get a call, it's like, hey, man, send a deal. Instead of like, hey, I don't need a steak dinner or you to smooch me and tell me how great I am. Send me a deal, see if it's worth doing, and then yeah. and then my lawyer yeah. will get back yeah, to you. Yeah, just be upfront. Like, Let's get on. At all the end it. of the day, like you're only here for money, so it's like you see something that's coming here, so it's like that could be a potential payout. So it's like, okay, well let's like. Let's let's cross all the hey we're family here at X record late you know whatever it's like no just send us a deal and if it's good you know we'll we'll entertain it and if it's not you know you know go somewhere else. All right, I'm gonna change gears on you really quick, and we'll call this the shotgun round. So just knee jerk, quick, quick answers. Okay. Okay. I'll try. Top three music heroes. Okay, uh, Chris Knight. Do y'all know who Chris Knight is? I do not. Yeah. Oh, uh, man, you got to get into Chris Knight. He's a, he's a good one to sit around at the, at, at deer camp, duck camp, turkey camp, uh, around the fire. He's To me, he's the he's the greatest songwriter ever. Uh, he's from Kentucky, and he's kind of just like this crude kind of – I think he's in his mid-50s, and he's just kind of this kind of like doesn't give a rip. He kind of does his own thing, and – he just tells really good stories. Uh, next has got to be Steve Earle. Uh, I love Steve Earle's uh, music for, you know, the sound of it. It's like, uh, I think, you know, Guitar Town's probably probably my favorite record of all time. And then third, man. This would be a this would be a curveball, but there's this rapper named Russ, and it's for his business infrastructure. He's independent, and he's huge in the rap scene. And, like, he, he gives out a bunch of knowledge of, like, you know, how to run your business, how to do this, you know, without help. That's awesome. And it's That's cool. really That's been cool. kind of like a – and it's more – it's not more so for the – you know, I mean, I can get down to some rap every now and then. It's not my <laughs> cup of tea all the time. But uh, it's one of those things where it's like it's cool to see, like, a guy giving out the wisdom or whatever. So, yeah. I'd say, knee-jerk, top three, those are mine. That's awesome. What are your favorite three songs to cover? Oh, man, we've been doing uh, – We've been I'm trying to think what we've been doing right now. Cause we don't play a ton of them anymore. There was a time, but uh, well, it we, can be it can uh, be yeah, like back what when, was your most requested when you back when you were just playing just honky yeah, tonks or one you enjoyed. Uh, I mean, I, uh, back in the cover song days, if you you throw twenty in there, I'll, I'll fake through any song. But, uh, <laughs> there, which song? Which probably, I, let me let me specify. You got a room full of, uh, you know, Greek college kids which songs which song can you turn 20s into 100s uh okay i would say anything like travis tritt would be good if you do anything like modern day great great day to be live modern day bonnie and clyde or like trouble that kind of stuff like i'm geared towards like the 90s country Mm -hmm. music uh in in the cover world because like those are timeless. Like, yeah, nostalgia. You know, a lot That's of the smart. music that came out, you. you know, when I was in high school, it didn't really age that well. Like, there was a point in time where, like, Florida <laughs> Georgia Line was, like, well, like, there was a time and, like, you know, Florida Georgia Line was cool, you know, and that's, you'd turn on and, you know. Dark days. This now, and you're kind of like, eee. Like, it didn't really age that well. <laughs> but it's, like. How, how old are, just for you, frame reference, how old are you, Gary? <laughs> I turned 30 next month. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. 
So, but uh, I would say anything '90s like John Michael Montgomery. Yeah, uh, probably really, really loves like Mark Chestnut, like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But I kind of gear towards like the singer songwriter stuff. I like. Uh, I mean, this doesn't go over well when you're playing Sky Bar, but like I like everything from like John Prine to any of the old stuff. I'm a huge like I love George Jones and I love like the weird like cosmopolitan era of like 70s country like Ray Price and mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Uh, that's, that's what cool. like my kind of granddad stuff listens yeah. to. But honestly, I'm I'm kind of an old soul man. I, I like I kind of like old stuff. I mean, the new I like. There's a lot of new stuff I do like, but. Uh, when I'm in the truck, I kind of always go back to, you know, the 70s era rock and roll, anything from, you know, Zeppelin to all the Southern rock mm-hmm. stuff, uh, you know, Skinner and, and, and that sort of thing. It's kind of like my kind of, you know, where where I kind of live. And then, like, kind of like that, you know, Jerry Reed is probably one of my favorites, too, in the top three or whatever. If I could have a top four, he'd be the other one. Uh, just like that kind of era of country, I really dig. That's awesome. All right. What are your three favorite Muscadine Bloodline tunes? And not necessarily what's the crowd favorite, but, like, oh yeah, what's your favorite? Oh, man, if, if I didn't have to play Portrait Angel one more time in my life, I think I'd be okay. <laughs> but uh, that's just one. If we don't play that one, that'll riot. But, uh, so do you I, play that one during the set, or do you, like, walk off stage and make them call you back and then play it? It kind of depends on the night, honestly. It's mm-hmm. like if it's a if it's a rough one, and like there's honestly there hasn't been many rough ones these last few years. But it's like, I mean, you still eat some humble pie every now and then. Sure, when you, you know, show up to a new place or whatever. And uh, I but I would say uh, favorite ones probably there's there's one off of our last record called Dispatch 16th Ave. Yeah, I really like that one. Play. As a Nashville and boy, the, I just I just really yeah. like that message. Well, I appreciate it, man. Uh that one there's one we wrote uh during the pandemic called Turn Back Time. Uh that that one really is a fun one to play for us. Uh golly, a third one, I'm trying to think. Honestly, the, the me on you, the one we just put out, like we've been we've been teasing it for like the last three months, and it's just fun to play. It's a, it's uh it's one of my it's probably my favorite to play live right now. Not just because it's new, it just like it feels the best. I never get tired of it. So I, I you could ask me that that in two years, and I'd be like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm like if I couldn't didn't have to play that one again, I'd probably be a happy man. But <laughs> all right, last question. Part of it. Last question in the shotgun round, and you don't have to. This doesn't have to be brief. This can be a story, but. When did you tell – do you remember a time when you played your original stuff and you felt like for the first time the crowd came to that show knowing your original stuff? Like, and I'm, and I'm, I'm presupposing in my question that there was a time where you'd play a bunch of cover stuff then you'd mix in some, some original stuff and – people would go get another drink while you're playing your original stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, where, where you didn't, where people that came to the show didn't, they were coming to the bar. They weren't really coming to see y'all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. When, when did that, no, totally. when did that click that you were like, Oh my gosh, these people came to see us and they know the words to our songs. Honestly, there was this kind of weird dichotomy we kind of had. Cause like our biggest song still to this date was the second song Charlie and I ever put out. We've been trying to beat that son of a gun for like six years. And, uh, it's a pretty good so team, by the here. way. Well, thanks, man. Uh, but we had, uh, so we put this song out and we we're like, 
two months into this band, and all, and we're playing, we're still playing cover gigs, like all this stuff, and then people just started showing up, you know, to hear this song, and then it turns into like, okay, ticketed shows, and it's like, Charlie, we only got two songs out, and these people need a ninety-minute <laughs> set, so it's like, what do we play? So we just banged out just just some nineties country covers, and it was like, here's Fort Swing Angel, and it's just like, and so. That was the thing, but the first time I kind of got enamored with like original music, and this isn't like a, this you just gave. This is just where I first thought when you said this. Like when I went to school at Southern Miss, they had this, uh, they had their like freshman whatever week. I can't even remember what it's called. Frost but they camp. had this like, yes, yeah, sure, <laughs> for the sake of the story. Uh, they had this thing. They had this talent show, and and I had a couple buddies that was from my hometown that were like, dude, you ought to just do it. And I was, you know, just. 18 i wasn't worried about you know i don't want to do this kind of thing and they're like you ought to do this talent show they have at the end of this thing and so i just pulled out this original and uh, i wrote it when i was like 17 and it was we actually cut the song it's called southern boy cure but it's like i was super like at the time was like enamored with like woody guthrie and like all like the harmonica stuff and i just popped out there with acoustic guitar and a harmonica and started singing and like and then i ended up winning the dang thing and i was like (laughs) I was like, okay, this is kind of cool, like, you know, and then for that, that week after that, I was like the coolest freshman on campus, but then, like, slowly that just kind of diminished, you know, I was just a whatever, but <laughs> it was kind of the first time I was like, oh, man, I got that, like, bug. It was the first time I'd ever been kind of on stage outside of, like, playing in a youth band or, like, you mm-hmm. know, getting up and singing one at church or something like that. It was, like, the first time I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is a, this is like a new drug. I've never even, you know, yeah, pumped this in my veins, you know, a hundred CCs of this. But, uh, it was kind of just like, okay, you know what? I want to song, write songs. Like, and that's where it came from. And still kind of to this day, it's kind of where I'm at. Like my favorite thing about music is it's not the shows. It's, it's the creation of the stuff and that sort of thing. But I'd say for the sake of your question, like, I don't know. It's, it was a weird, there wasn't really a sound, just people kind of just showed up and it was just like portraying angel. And it wasn't like, you know, for the first time, it wasn't like my mom or my dad or like one of my best friends like shouting us out on Instagram. It's like, what is this stranger I've never even met? How do you hear this song and how do they know about us? And why are they telling me to come to West Virginia, you know, to play music? <laughs> it was like, and so that was kind of like, there wasn't like this pivotal moment where I was like, holy crap. But I guess like, you know, some of those first sold out shows when you go play and you're like, you show up to a town the first time you ever played it and you're just like, what the heck, Little Rock, Arkansas? Where did y'all come from? <laughs> it's like, and so it's 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 a really cool thing to kind of see. That's awesome. That's really cool. That's got a feel. I mean, just like you said, pump that into my veins. That's, <laughs> that's hundred yeah, percent at the time. Yeah. That's a bunch. Yeah, hundred percent, <laughs> dude. It's a it's definitely a rush, and it's it's fun. I mean, it's definitely become like you do it so often now. Like, I'm terrified of like reading in front of people, and like if you get me up to speak in front of you know five or ten people, but you can put me on a stage as anybody or with thousands of people out there and it's kind of like you know i love it like it's it's a weird thing cool. but uh i think it's just kind of one of those just you start doing it you know three four days a week and it's kind of like it just it kind of becomes a part of you kind of thing and uh, i mean i don't get i do love the performing part but my favorite thing is making records and and writing songs and kind of once i'm done with it like we finish it i'm kind of like okay on to the next thing and then you got to live with that record for like you know, a year before anyone even hears it. So by the time me on you came out, like, you know, it's cool to see everybody's like new music. I'm like, golly, I've been hearing this thing for about, you know, since 
you know, 2020, I feel like. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Hmm. That's awesome. Well, so kind of running it back to hunting season a little bit. What is one hunt that you wish that you could run back this year and do it again? Oh, Maybe not okay. even just this uh, season. One hunt you could. You know how we always say, "Wish yeah, you could right, breathe." Sorry, I mean just from breathe this life yeah. into no, this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm trying, thinking really quickly because uh, for the sake of this, uh, I would say uh, I had a. Okay, this is not even like a a cool. I guess it was cool, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like, man, he just came right to the bead or whatever. But, uh, I went in and tried, I was like, you know what? I'm down in Mississippi. Let me go over and hunt the public land in Louisiana. Knowing that like, there's no turkeys in Louisiana. Not, yes. Yes. <laughs> and so, and my buddy, he went, uh, a day before to do, cause before I was coming up, he's like, Hey dude, I'm just gonna go out and do some scouting. And he ended up killing one on that same piece of public land. I was like, well, we definitely ain't going to kill a turkey. Yeah. He's a, he's a Louisiana <laughs> the one resident. one turkey in Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a he's a Louisiana resident, and that was his first turkey he killed on public land in Louisiana, and he's from there, and he's a he's an awesome turkey hunter. And uh, so he, I was like, well, I got the day. Let's go. And uh, we get out to this piece, and uh, there's, it's, there's like two roads, right? And this, there was one truck there, and he parked like, not by the road. I was like, I don't know where this guy is, where where he is, what he's doing. I don't want to go in and bump him. But, like, he didn't really, like, lead me to tell me, like, which way he went. And this block was, like, really, really big. And uh, so we – and I ended up going down this road, and I see, like, written in the sand, someone had written in their boot, no turkeys. And so – it, <laughs> Well, in my I know head, where I want a turkey That's hunt. a great place yeah, to hunt. Uh, yeah, I was like – I was like, okay. I was like, these – there's He's only one reason. That, there's only one reason another turkey hunter would do that. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like you're in them at that right. point. <laughs> so we we had been bumming around on different WMAs down there, and, and it, this was probably about two o'clock in the afternoon, and we were like, well, let's just right out. There was like this. There was this cattle operation that had like it was a uh, you know, and then it, it had like a uh, just like a pretty much a. A hedgerow wood line, and then it had this kind of like we we're like, well, let's just go peek and just see if there's any turkeys in this field or whatever. And I'm not, and then also too, the wind is blowing thirty miles an hour. It felt like it like couldn't hear anything. And it, at this point, we're just like, you know, the hunt's over. We're not in it. We're just kind of goofing off. And uh, I rip a box call, and we didn't hear anything. We start walking back towards the truck, and all of a sudden, I just see a we see a red head, and uh, it just duck, it just duck. <laughs> It just ducks in the, uh, it just ducks in the grass. Like it doesn't move, it doesn't bump, it just go, it just eases down. And I and I and my buddy and Landon, and I was like, "Did you see that?" He's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Man, it's just like doesn't seem like a Jake would just be sitting here by himself." Uh, and so, but I saw his head. I was like, "I know it's a male turkey." And so I just started kind of like just walking towards it as it was, and then he just popped up at uh, 25 steps. We just kept, I was just had my, my red dot on the spot where I saw him. And, uh, he was in this thick grass and he just popped up and it was no calling though, anything. And then heck, honestly, to be honest, I mean, I probably shouldn't be saying this. I didn't even know if he was, uh, he was a Jake or a Tom. I just knew it was a male Turkey. And the whole time I'm like, Jake, uh, it's like, uh, Landon, can we kill Jake's here? Like, I, I don't even know. Oh my and then gosh. I just ripped, I just ripped one. And this is probably not the story I should be telling on here, but hey, fortunately, okay. it wasn't. Sometimes you just have to bushwhack one. <laughs> mm-hmm. And fortunately, it was just like, 
it all happened within five minutes, and then he popped up, and then I shot him, and, and then we got over there, and he had full fan and some the uh, the prettiest little half inch spurs you've ever seen. And, uh, <laughs> That's right. And and we and I, and I, we were just like, no way uh, that happened. But I mean, it, it was fun because I was just like, we're here on public land, middle of the day. There's you know, there's no turkeys here. We even had a guy put in the boot. There's no turkeys here, and it was just kind of like, what are we doing out here? And then it's like. If you're gonna have a turkey hunt in Louisiana, that's how it goes. No you're kidding. just like, man, just walk it, up it, it, on that's a turkey. Some, but uh, yeah, it, it was crazy. But uh, <laughs> so we was fortunate. That was just one of those kind of give me ones that you know God lets happen sometimes. I feel like that's that sweat equity of those, you know, fifteen mm-hmm. days that you you've been grinding or whatever, and you ain't you know heard a turkey or whatever. And so I just got a feeling that I, I had a lot of good juju this year, a lot of great roost hunts and. I just got a bad feeling next year is going to be tough sledding because I, <laughs> I, unfortunately, I, I got to get after him, so it was fun. But uh, that's probably one of the ones I was just like, no way this happened. Like, and it feels like if you tell people, they'd be like, that's lying. But <laughs> I will say I did have uh, the craziest experience I had this year was in Idaho. Uh, I had a uh, – uh, and this is not – there was no turkey killed in this, but – it was crazy, and this is this like negligent Alabama boy out in the you know <laughs> the frontier, you know, not even like no regards to like what right, no regards to what's out here, wildlife, that sort of thing. Well, I get up, I'm in North Idaho, and uh, I I've been in Montana. I went to Montana the day before and and killed one day one, and my wife was supposed to come up in a couple of days, and I was like, well, shoot, I'm just gonna pop over to Idaho. I uh, heard some good things about this place. And so I just went in, just kind of like went in the dark and kind of just, you know, ended up dumbed into some, dumbed into some turkeys. And uh, I was up on this mountain and I go up to roost and this is the second day. And I've had a, probably two or three times where like, this is the thing about them daggum Merriam's like, they'll respond to everything you do. But if you ain't in there, if you ain't where mm-hmm. they're going, they they could care less. They'll gobble their heads off mm-hmm. and, you know, gobble 700 yards away from you, just gobbling. And uh, you'll be on a mountainside, you can't even get to them. Uh, but I had this, I go up and I'm, I'm going to roost one, and this, this bird pitches up 50 yards above me where I'm at the, at the parking lot where I'm at or the pull-off <laughs> where I'm at. And so I sit there till you know, 11 o'clock at night because I'm like, all right, this is my last morning here. I'm not going to ruin this i had a good game plan in the morning i saw the flat up top where he had pitched from and i was like i'm guessing he's probably gonna pitch right back to that flat so i'm gonna get up there above him in the morning and just see what happens so get in there i get up top and i i get a probably about a 70 80 yards from above him and i'm right on this flat he can either go to my you know from my one o'clock to three o'clock or my you know 11 o'clock to nine o'clock and i got I got these, like, uh, I guess not cottonwoods. I can't remember what tree. I'm not a botanist, but uh, I can't remember what kind of trees they are. But uh, they're right in front of me, and it's canopy. It's late May. And so it's like, this is perfect. He's going to pitch left to right, and just, like, wherever he goes, I'll be able to swing on him. And uh, so I'm sitting there, and there's a roll in the hill, and he hadn't gobbled yet, but all of a sudden I hear something sick bumming through these bumming through these woods. And – uh. You hear him thrashing through some stuff, and it just sounds like a big animal. And like he's gonna come over the roll of this a roll of this mountain that I'm on, this part, and he's gonna be 20 yards from me. Whatever it is, it could be a <laughs> grizzly bear, it could be a, a a bull moose, it could be anything. 
Well, out of nowhere, this big old, uh, I guess, cow moose comes up. And this is springtime, and I'd only heard bad things about, man, if you get a cow moose in springtime and she's got a young one with her, she's probably going to do something. And so it comes over the ridge, and there she, there she is looking like a camel or a horse uh, <laughs> just sitting there at 20 steps from me. And I'm like, please smell me and skirt left or right. No, nah, this thing it beelines right towards me. And this thing is drunk. This, I'm not. I wish I could. I, I was too like I wasn't gonna pull out my phone or anything. Cause I also too I didn't want to move or scare. Cause I also had a turkey that was, you know, 70 yards in front of me. That was he had gobbled a few times after that happened. So I was like, okay, he's still hearing it bumped in the night or whatever. The plans still go as long as this guy doesn't mess this up. Well, this cow moose she comes broadside to me. And, and I'm in a little mossy oak, you know, uh, green leaf, you know, uh, whatever, uh, leafy jacket. Did you hit and, the, do- uh, did you hit, did you hit the doe bleak? <laughs> I didn't, guys, I didn't do anything. Uh, I was too, I was just like, well, I was just like, if I move right now after it comes over the hill, it's like, is this thing going to attack me? And I'm sitting up against this tree. And you start feeling how my, just insignificant you are in the oh, world. Yeah, I mean, right. sitting and, eye level with a turkey is intimidating. I'd hate to be <laughs> knee high to a moose. Right. And so I'm I'm in there scrouch, scrouching a little ball with my little four ten facing towards the facing towards the uh, the turkey, and this thing comes broadside to me, and it almost steps on me, and it starts it starts catching scent, and it's doing like any deer would do. It's kind of like moving its head, rotating to the scent. And this thing has got it's my gun barrel in its nostril, and it's just like <laughs> like that video, oh like that video of the bobcat like, that walks mm-hmm. right up to the gun barrel and starts playing with the holographic sight. Right. So this thing's got it. It's just sniffing it. Just I'm like, dude, just please don't like get scared or just start stomping on me. And I was like, maybe he thinks I'm a bush because I'm in this little leafy suit. I don't know. I was just like, I'm just not moving. That like, green I, I leaf like, is good. Play. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Mossy Oak for sure. But uh, they uh. So I just I just felt like it was the, the worst decision was going to be like make any moves, especially at this point when this thing is a not a yard in front of me. Like mm. I, I literally thought it was going to step on me, Jeez. and uh, I'm just sitting there and and negligent should have not been there by myself in the middle of a place I don't know anybody for you know 500 miles, and uh, no one knew where I was or anything like that. And so it was just kind of like, man, this was probably pretty dumb. But fortunately, <laughs> I don't know because I shot a turkey the day before i don't know if it smelled some of that gunpowder and just kind of picked his head up and just kind of just eased off and Oof. i was just like and then the shake started happening like it, i don't know if it was like <laughs> something your like central nervous system or whatever has like hey if you do anything right here you might die that's called so, like, adrenaline no, right there was no like there was no shaking or anything going on and then as soon as that thing came I, it, it was like i shot you know a world you know world-class buck or something like that i was just like oh my gosh and let it be known that the turkey ended up pitching south and uh it got with a hen and then it went all the way down the mountain so it mm. didn't nothing it didn't, there was i was like golly i just you know you know evaded a a, a moose scare i was like hopefully some good juju comes from that and this turkey can you know come get some tss but it didn't work out, but that was that was the day that was my last day of turkey season this year was was that and that was it was enough adrenaline rush to last me probably 10 years. That's wild. I'm kind of upset I don't get to know what TSS did to a moose. You know? <laughs> that's, that's, that would be high I, on the list of I do kind of. I mean, y'all know this about I, me. I've got a weird, like, I really want to shoot a deer with, with TSS. Just 
to see. I, I mean, that's probably dark. Hey. And if I ever run for president, that's really going to it's going to come up. It's going to come up. <laughs> yeah, I can hear CNN right now. Uh huh. <laughs> Perverted. Yeah, I mean, game killer. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I've done. I will tell you this, and uh, and guys, I, if it was a bear. And uh, if that came to smell, I, I mean, I'd, I'd have done all I could. I'd have shot it square between the eyes, and I'd rather, I'd rather get tried by twelve than get walked out in a casket by six. That's right. So I was just, <laughs> so right. I was just like, so I was like, oh, whatever. And I was just like, if that would have been a bear, he'd, he, we'd have, we'd have found out what it had done to a, a, a big, a big grizzly if that was the case. I'll tell you what, man. But well, it's just like this that negligence of you know. Being out west, you, you're just turkey hunting, right? And then you get out there and start seeing moose sign, and you're like, oh, wow, this is definitely, like, a different world mm-hmm. than, you know, fighting off some coyotes or some hogs or something. Yeah, no doubt. It's definitely a different world. Every time I go out west, I think about it's what courageous um, spirits mm. it must have taken to settle all of that, you know? I mean, it's so different uh-huh. from from home for all of us, you know I mean? Where you where you 100%. grew up and where we live and grew up, like water moxins are about the most deadly thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as long as you just yeah. pay attention, you know that you they're not gonna kill you. They may yeah. hurt you, but you yeah, go out no west doubt. and it's like everything out there will kill you. Everything is prickly yeah. and poke you and yeah. you know hurt you. And um, it's, it's the last trip. It's it's definitely the last trip out west. And I've been there a few times, but that was my first time. I'd only been out there by myself, and uh, that was the last time I think I'll probably go hunt. Unless it's like, you know, if someone says, "Hey, dude, I got some private property or whatever," I'll go with you or something. If it's if it's me riding solo, dolo on the public land, which is plenty of it out there, it's like I'm gonna be I'm gonna have a riding buddy at least mm-hmm. or yeah, whatever. Yeah, pretty good plan. Just because that could have been that could have been because where I was, like, no one would drive by there forever or whatever. Even see that car, mm-hmm. much less find find your body if something bad or if you got really hurt or something like that. It's mm-hmm. it's like. You don't think about that when you're, you know, out there just chasing them because yeah. when the turkeys are gobbling, you know, something's there, it's like nothing else matters, you feel like, and it's like scary feeling. Yeah, you might not get that chance to get walked out by six. <laughs> no <laughs> so, you, you know, yeah, I got some part of Mother Earth. I got one last question for you. Uh, if you could share the woods with a hero, one hero, who would it be? I would say – Probably couldn't. I, I think I'm a. I'm super into. I read a lot of turkey literature. I would love to go. Like I think everyone would obviously agree. It's like, oh, go, you know, hunt turkeys with Tom Kelly or someone like that. Uh, I think any of the guy like that or someone like any of like the original call call makers, like the guys who like I've only heard stories are uh, the guy who does all of our media on the road. He did. Uh, he comes from the turkey hunting world. His name's Matt Turpin. And, oh yeah. Uh, he. I don't know if you know. Do you know Matt? I don't know Matt. I've just heard the name Turpin in relation to turkey calls. Is he related to yeah. the Turpins in Memphis? I, I don't think. I don't think he is. Okay. Uh, he could be, and just might have not told me that. I think his dad was a pastor or something like that, but I don't. I don't know. But uh, so he, but he did a uh, with uh, the Night in Hell guys. He did a. He oh, did wow. the spring with them, and he was like, "Dude, uh, he's been with those like the guys who've been doing it forever, who are kind of like the." You know, the, the 90s heyday, I always go back to that stuff, too. I love watching, like, that content. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, the early primo stuff or the hunting the country stuff. And, and that, it's just like, man, like, these guys were daggone pioneers or whatever. No so, I'd say, like, you know, you know, hey, you know, 
you know, the Night in Hell guys are like maybe like uh, Will Primos would be like really cool. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think there's probably some guy out there that none of us have ever heard of who'd probably be the best time to go turkey hunting with. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. And you learn so much. That's the cool thing about turkey hunting. There's some there's some dude hunting Mississippi public land who's never had Facebook or Instagram or anything, and he's a barber or something like that. And he, you know, he wears real tree bottoms and mossy oak tops. He don't give a rip, and he's just like, but he's out there and he's just a certified killer. So <laughs> those are those are guys. That's a there. very good point. There's a bunch yeah, of those. I'm afraid. I mean, it's cool, but I I will say like, uh, man, uh. You know, he's a, he's a good friend of mine, but, you know, uh, Hunter Farrier, uh, you know, we turkey hunt. I mean, t- Hunter's really, like, the reason I honestly really got back into turkey or really got into tur- – I wouldn't even say got back into It's, like, really got into turkey hunting. It's, like, my kind of reentry to turkey hunting was in 2020 hunting with hunting with Hunter. <laughs> and uh, I was just like, man, what a good guy to learn from and who appreciates turkey hunting more than anyone I know. And, uh, and it, it was just awesome, and it's cool how – this daggum bird, like my best friends now who I keep in touch with are guys that I turkey hunt with. And those are like my best friends. And we all kind of had this common bond, but at the same time, it's like we still catching up during, you know, the, you know, off season and stuff like that. It's like, and it's kind of weird, like during season, you might not even hear from them much. If you hear from them, they've killed a turkey. That's about it. <laughs> and then after that, like, you don't know where they're at, what they're doing kind of deal. But, uh, he, uh, I mean, he's not, I would say he's a hero of mine, but he, I mean, I have to owe a lot of credit to, uh, to Hunter because, like, you know, I, I don't think I would understand it or appreciate it as much as I do now if it wasn't yeah. for a guy like Hunter. And so it's like, and it's made me, like, you know, want to be that for other people to get into the sport and that sort of thing. And there's so a, it's like. There's a lot that Hunter has done for a pre, for the appreciation of the, of our sport. I mean, yeah. he, he's brought no doubt, attention man. to just um, – and and Dave kind of – I give Dave a lot of credit, too, that, you know, and he gets he yeah. gets made fun of for it, but the sitting there and smoking a cigar afterwards, you know, that's there's a lot of folks that are doing that. But Oh, he's but, a trendsetter, man. But what, but what I appreciate about that that Dave did is just that moment of soaking it up savoring and it. appreciating it mm-hmm. and savoring it and being grateful for the experience. And – there's a lot about what Hunter has done that that has done the same thing, and and so I, I'm with you there. They both deserve a lot of credit for just helping. Yeah, us I mean it's a, appreciate it. It's a it's a, it's a cool thing because I I love I just love the stands that the guys like that take. You know we we I mean I don't want to get into like the whole like whatever you know because like turkey, there's there's a there's a hundred ways to turkey hunt and either of them right or wrong, whatever. It's just like, you just find which way you enjoy and like doing. And if it's, it's, if it's legal, I'm here for it. Like, cause there are there things we could, you know, do better. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, from top down from state agencies to the personal hunter and hunting experience. But it's like, I love the kind of stances that they kind of take and it's, and it's not divisive. It's not like, that's that's what I hate a lot about a lot of stuff is these guys trying to be heroes out here, you know, trying to make a, a stand for something. And it's kind of like, man, like the last thing we need is the turkey hunting community splitting. You know, it's like we're all we're all doing this, and it's like we all can't, you know, agree on, you know, how to hunt them. It's like, well, and then how the heck are we going, you know, save the populations that in places that are trouble? So mm-hmm. it's like, I just, I just, I appreciate that, and I appreciate, you know, I mean. I would, you know, I, I, and I hunt, honestly, I hunt turkeys like Hunter Ferrier does. Why? Because that's, 
that's kind of how I kind of learned. And that's what I enjoyed. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. And so it's kind of one of those things where it's like everyone kind of adapts things they learn and, and into their, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that intangible thing they're chasing with turkey hunting. It's it's kind of one of those things. But uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's cool that there's guys, especially a young guy like Hunter, who's my age, that's like being a light for, for younger people, which mm-hmm. is really cool. And like, and it's, it's kind of changing the culture a little bit, which yep. is, which is cool to see, you know, for the good, I think it shakes things up and it's like, Oh, it's kind of like you wear that, you know, spring Legion brand or whatever they do. It's kind of like, you almost kind of know what he's about, you know, and it's not, he don't have to be a turkey killer. Like, you know, if you got a pin Hody sticker on your truck and you show the public land, you're probably like, okay, this guy watches Dave and he probably is this, you know, he's one of the pin Hody guys, you know? So it's like, it's kind of one of those things, which is kind of uh cool. What y'all love about what Hunter's doing with spring Legion and, and that sort of thing. It's, it's cool that he's doing it. And, I, and when we were hunting together, it was just like an idea. Like if it's like, it wasn't like, Hey, it had really started yet. I think he had like one hat for sale and just kind of like, and it's just been cool to watch a friend, you know, grow a business and, Dag them write a book that people are loving. It's really cool to see. Yeah, it is cool. Well, man, thank you so much for uh, your time and your perspective. I got a lot of respect for a fellow that uh, is going after the business side of of your career the way that you are uh, with music. That's pretty awesome. And there, it's, it, you said it earlier. There are some odd parallels between what we're doing and what you guys were doing with music. And I would just say, as a guy who's got a little more gray hair than you, but probably uh, less cheering crowds, uh, keep up the yeah. good work. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, man. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of what y'all do. And, like, I'm not a stan or anything, but I, I like, uh, I don't want to, you know, I, I listen to y'all's podcast a lot. And I, I'm, I'm in tune with what's Thank going you. on with y'all and everything like that. And it's, it's really cool what y'all are doing. And, uh, I, like, I just appreciate taking the time. Any t- RT's like, you want to talk some turkey? I was like, dude, I'll make time for that. So, <laughs> That's right. That's uh, awesome. No, it's good. like, so yeah, hopefully y'all can catch a show and we're around the area. Of the, I think we actually got a show this fall sometime in Memphis. And I get really? those, you know, so I don't know where y'all will be. If y- y'all might be in Canada or wherever y'all are, you know, killing them ducks, can we get but, can uh, we get like 72 backstage exclusive uh, you probably yeah, never I'm, hear that <laughs> yeah dude no I'd, I'd love to i mean for real I'd, I'd, if y'all ever want to come to show man and we're somewhere better close to y'all or something or heck if y'all are out hunting somewhere and it's close to y'all uh we'd love to have y'all man anytime y'all want awesome. we, y'all always got some tickets yeah That'd we'll definitely keep in touch we appreciate it all right buddy yeah no problem guys well thank y'all so much y'all have a good rest of the week you, you too, too man. take you too. care safe travels all right boys all right. see Bye. ya Man, that was cool. And music is the one of those things. A lot of parallels to like what we talked about, what yeah. we do and how we do it. And, you know, it's a just grinding and like, you know, you just, it doesn't always yeah. work. I yeah, mean, yeah know, it doesn't. And, you, and there's a, there's a whole host of things that go, that play into your success and has played into the success of Rolling Thunder. And that's a lot of supportive people who align with what you're doing and believe in what you're doing and appreciate it. No and doubt. that's, that's kind of lifeblood of what we do. Yeah, yeah 69 one hundredths of a cent per yeah, per play on Spotify. Yeah, I think I think, I gonna, think Spotify owes us at least ten bucks. Yeah, tonight <laughs> I think I'm just gonna loop Rolling Thunder 
turn the volume all the way down and Whoa, go to sleep. We don't get paid that. <laughs> yeah, I was, you, apparently you need to renegotiate your deal. Then. Yeah, I don't know. I thought what we were going to say was it makes me want to put Porch Swing Angel on like yeah. repeat out there in the uh-huh. shops. It is true. It Gary is true. Get, get a dollar from us. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast. Yeah, we'll catch you on the next one. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you.